Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Up next, Luna Talks with Anna Paulina Luna. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network. California should be a paradise. The weather's great, the scenery's beautiful, and there's plenty to do for fun. But bad governance has turned the whole state into a wasteland of welfare, homelessness, and failed business. In short, the Democrats have indeed destroyed California. But on Tuesday, the people have a chance to remove the shackles of the far-left authoritarianism. They have a chance to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. Today, we preview the election and explain what's at stake. This is Luna Talks with Anna Paulina. Welcome back, everyone, to Sunday's episode of Luna Talks with me, your host, Anna Paulina Luna. And we are going to be covering, for a majority of this episode, California's special election, meaning their gubernatorial recall, Gavin Newsom. We don't want him. He's obviously crushed California's economy. But before we get into that, I want to really focus on what's really happened in the headlines here in the last week or so which is going to take us back to Larry Elder for a second. If you don't know who he is, and I remember first hearing him speak maybe about three years ago at the Turning Point Student Conference in Florida, the man is absolutely incredible. His story, the fact that his father literally fled you know, racism in the South and came to California, provided everything for his family, and just his, from where he comes from, his personal perspective and how he really shatters the narrative of identity politics, you have to check him out. So that is my pitch to you. He has a show. It's Larry Elder show. You really need to check him out. But I want to talk about the fact that he is now and he has been for, I want to say the last couple of months, the front runner of the California gubernatorial which is a huge deal, right? We know that Caitlyn Jenner, who was formerly known as Bruce Jenner, jumped in that race and thought that you know they were going to be able to make a huge splash, which is not the case. California wants to elect a Republican. And this is obviously a nonpartisan recall of a governor, which hasn't been seen before, especially in California. I'm bringing that up because we also know that Larry Elder was actually endorsed, okay, by a Hispanic Democrat who's very prominent in the state of California, 
So much so, though, because she realized that the minute that she actually voted to recall Newsom, that in the headlines, they were saying, oh, it's this crazy conspiracy and it's this far right movement to take over California. When in actuality, that wasn't even the case. We know that Californians in general are sick and tired of the double standard that Gavin Newsom really subjected them to, especially during COVID and the COVID lockdowns. We know that while they were shutting down the public school systems, he was sending his kids to private school. We know that when small businesses were closed, he was having private dinner parties. And I think as a whole, in addition to the defunding the police movement and just the nasty, nasty type of environment that currently exists in all places of San Francisco, which is supposed to be you know, one of the most expensive, bougie places to live in the country, people are sick and tired of it. So it was an absolute nonpartisan recall of a governor. And guess what? He's in the lead. And because of that, we are seeing some absolutely disgusting behavior from some of those. And I don't even want a blanket statement, just all Democrats, because I can't say that all Democrats would agree with this. But I can tell you that, you know, this guy, what he's been subjected to in California because of the fact that he's standing up for Californians and really we want to help change the state and really make California what it was and bring it back to its former glory, even in the 90s. It's really sad what he's been subjected to. I want to say it was on September 8th. I'm sure all of you saw that viral image and video of a woman in a gorilla mask trying to throw eggs and assault Larry Elder. And it wasn't just that. I mean, he had his bodyguard team. I guess someone had shot a pellet gun at them. So you want to talk about blatant racism. I mean, when someone literally uses a gorilla mask to attack a black man who's running for office... I think the implications of that scream racism, hate crime, but because of the fact that he's a conservative and a very prominent outspoken conservative at that, and the fact that he is a Republican, and then on top of that, he's now running for office against you know Governor Newsom, who's basically the pet of the left, he is now just being completely ignored, and they're not calling it a hate crime. I don't even know if they're investigating, which is just complete insanity. But then you had Bubba Wallace. Does anyone remember that? That was in about June of last year. Uh, He's a NASCAR driver. And he happened to go into his, I guess, area where he kept his car at the Talladega Speedway. And he said that he found a noose in his garage. And it turned out that it wasn't a noose, that it was a pull down, something that's done commonly in some of those garages. But they literally sent out the FBI to investigate that. And because of the fact that Larry Elder is who he is, they're going to completely ignore it, which is, I think, a really big problem in this country is the double standard that exists. And these people that use these instances of made up racist stories to further their political agenda, it really takes away from the fact that if there are instances that take place, I mean, law enforcement should obviously be investigating that. But if you're caught lying about it, and then you don't get punished for that. I think that that's a gross, gross misrepresentation of what the legal and the justice system should really be doing to these people. You know, whatever happened to Jesse Smollett, remember him? He said that he was attacked by these MAGA-wearing Trump supporters that said this is MAGA country. And then we found out later on that he had fabricated the entire story. And that you had people, I'm pretty sure Kamala Harris went out on his defense. And of course, nothing happened to him. He made it up. It was a fake hate crime. It did not happen. But he wasn't held accountable for that. He should be. So with that being said, if you get a chance, if you're in California and you have not voted to recall Gavin Newsom, you need to go in on Monday. That's your day to do it. You want to recall this guy. He's bad news. He's bad for California. 
And it doesn't matter who it is, but at this point, I think anyone's better than Gavin Newsom. I just hope you vote for Larry Elder. Anyways, to kind of segue off of those crazy headlines, let's talk about the fact that right before the end of the news week, right? So we all know that the news cycle pretty much goes till Friday. And then usually over the weekend, that news is actually covered on, you know, Monday or Wednesday, right? So that's kind of how the news cycle works. But let's talk about the fact that Biden actually on Friday afternoon drops this crazy mandate, okay? A mandate affecting over 100 million people. A hundred, that's more people that voted for him, <laughs> definitely. But over 100 million people basically requiring any business, doesn't matter how big or small, if you have over 100 employees, that according to Biden, you will now be required to have either COVID vaccinations or that you are going to have to show proof of weekly virus tests. And that's according to the Associated Press. I mean, this guy, and I can tell you that everything in the media that they said Trump was is just 180 out opposite. These people are losing their mind. They are drunk on power. But I'm so glad to be in the state of Florida. I'm so glad to have Governor Ron DeSantis. And I can tell you that we're not the only ones that have strong leadership, that thank God there are those in other states that say, you know what, we appreciate everyone's ability to make their own health decisions. That's part of being in this country. I'm not going to argue either which way, but for people to be able to choose whether or not they want to put something into their body is a very big deal, especially in regards to medicine. Um, You know, the states that are actually banding together to reject this crazy mandate by Biden are actually rejecting it on the notion that this is not constitutional. So the states that actually came together to reject this crazy mandate are, and I'll, I'll list these for you, Arizona, Alaska, Utah, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, both North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri. Alabama, Indiana, Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, and of course, Florida. I'm really glad I'm here, but I can tell you that I've received thousands of messages from people all over the country, especially people that have federal jobs that are saying, we don't know what to do. We don't want this. I mean, the fact is, is that most people have now already had it. I'm one of them. But the fact that the government's going to now come in and then force you to do something after literally early, remember last cycle? I mean, every single elected Democrat was saying, don't trust any vaccinations that come out of you know Republican leadership for the most part. And of course, we know that these people are now completely changing their opinions. And of course, on this topic, I mean, you have to respect people's wishes. You can't force this. So this crazy mandate that's coming out of, of course, now the Biden White House, if that's what you even want to call it, I don't think it's going to actually work. I think that these people have a good argument, especially from a constitutional perspective, and I smell lawsuits coming. So stay tuned for more on that one. I don't think that that is over yet, but I can tell you that this is definitely a way to piss off more than half of America, and that's for sure. So I am going to be bringing on our next guest right after this quick commercial break. Her name is Jessica Milan Patterson. She's Hispanic. She was also elected the California GOP chairwoman in 2018 and 29. And not only has she done a phenomenal job for the state of California, but I think that in the next couple of years or so, she may, at least I hope she does, may consider a gubernatorial run herself. But I want to bring her in. I want to talk about the Hispanic vote in California. I want to talk about Larry Elder and how he's going to actually help fix California. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick break. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Welcome back from that quick break. I am here right now with Jessica Patterson. She is the chairwoman of the California GOP. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. You have an incredible story. If you can just introduce yourself real quick to our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am the first woman, the first Latina, the first millennial uh, to ever be the chair of the California Republican Party. I was elected in February of 2019. Uh, Just this past February, I was reelected to another two-year term. And in the last cycle, we picked up four congressional seats here in California. We hadn't picked up an an incumbent-held Democrat seat in California since 1994. Uh, To put that in perspective, I was a freshman in high school. We didn't do it once. We didn't do it twice. We didn't do it three times. We did it four times. We bought more new Republican House seats to Washington, D.C. than any other state in the country. And now we're in incredibly unprecedented times. We haven't seen a recall effort happen in California since 2003. And we're right on the cusp of recalling the worst governor in our state's history. So what do you think? I mean, because this is obviously nonpartisan, right? There's been Democrats, there's been independents that are just really fed up and want Newsom out. But what is it like being on the ground? Because obviously you are a Republican. So what is it like to kind of see everyone uniting behind this cause? It's been amazing. This was something that wasn't started in the California Republican Party. These were non-political people that were just fed up. We saw over 20,000 businesses this last year have to close permanently. 40% of the jobs that we lost in this last year still haven't come back. Our children had to finish a second year in remote learning because this governor wouldn't stand up to the teachers union, all while sending his kids to in-person private school. And then when he asked us to stay at home and not be with our families on Thanksgiving, or if we did, to eat outside and cover our mouths with our masks in between bites, while well, he dined maskless at the French Laundry, one of the most expensive restaurants in the world. Well, some Californians were on food lines for the first time in their lives. Some Californians needed help from the government through the unemployment department here in California. A million people were backlogged and still are backlogged at our unemployment department while we've sent out $11 billion worth of fraud. The cool part of what we're seeing here in California is that Californians are waking up, Californians of all political stripes. I tell this story about my husband taking our daughters to get a speakeasy haircut here (laughs) in uh, Ventura County. 
And they went in through the back door and they started to check in at the, the little check-in station. And there was a sign there that said, Merry Christmas to everyone except Gavin Newsom. <laughs> these are girls with tattoos and purple hair, like not our normal, uh, typical voter turnout. But they all were sick and tired of what Gavin Newsom had done to our state and they were ready for change. So it's exciting to see what's happening here in California. And I truly believe that we're at a turning point. So, I mean, I love the fact that you are, I mean, I can just tell on your first intro to that, that you are obviously your firebrand. And I love seeing that because I feel like so many women, especially now we're finding, or well, they're finding their voices, but to have leadership like you, and especially you being a Hispanic woman, that's so important, especially to younger women in California. How did you get involved in politics? I got involved when I was in high school. Um, I grew up in a city, a suburb of Los Angeles called Hacienda Heights. And when I was in high school, my parents moved us to Montebello, which is right outside of East L.A. Um, But the schools in Hacienda Heights were better. And so my mom took all five of us kids from Montebello to Hacienda Heights every day. It was a 20-minute drive. We're practicing Catholics. So every day on the way to school, there was five of us kids. We all had to say a decade of the rosary. And, you know, at the time, I didn't completely appreciate it. I wanted to mostly get through it and turn on Rick D's in the morning. But (laughs) as an adult, this is something that I am grateful that that gift that my mother gave me. And it's something that I do with my own daughters. Now, we don't get through a full, we do a decade every morning. So by Friday, they've done a whole rosary. But, um, you know, these were the types of things. But on that car ride to school, we would get off the freeway, the 60 freeway in Hacienda Heights. We would exit, get off, turn on Colima. And there was a Republican headquarters. Both of my parents were Democrats. Um, My mom is probably what you'd refer to as a Reagan Democrat. My dad, he was a Teamster shop steward. He was a big labor guy. And so when they found out or when I asked them if I could volunteer at the Republican headquarters, I think they were a little floored by it. (laughs) They were also completely open to it. They were, you know, clearly my mom is a very spiritual woman. She is a very faith-driven woman, as you can tell from her having us do the rosary every morning. My dad is to this day the hardest working person I know. And it was really what they modeled for us in life, more so what their political ideology was that led them to raise five Republican children. Um, They both have since converted, um, but it was, you know, getting started in that campaign headquarters Uh, back in the 90s when I was in high school that led to a career in politics. A woman by the name of Martha House took me under her wing. She made me feel like I was important to the cause and empowered me to do more. And like I said, it was, you know, a 20-year career in politics before I ran for chair of the party. That's incredible. I mean, to hear, and obviously mentorship is so important from another woman, especially that is an incredible, incredible opportunity that you had. And I only hope that more women actually have the opportunity, especially in California moving forward, because as we're seeing, California is a very important state, especially in national politics. And I've now kind of started to see headlines really focusing on the recall efforts. So we know that Monday is a really big day for you guys. In regards to the Hispanic vote, how important is it? And I think in the national scene, I mean, they're talking about the Hispanic vote will be the deciding factor for this recall. What is your take on that? The Latino vote is critical. This is a governor who, according to exit polls in 2018, enjoyed 64% of the Latino vote in 2018. Right now, we're at about 54% of Latinos are yes on the recall. If you took our surveys in Espanol, it goes up another 3%. 
I love that. So we have been working incredibly hard. You know, I think that our party had neglected many communities around our state for too long. We ceded them to the Democrats and we just let them have it. We didn't show up. But in each one of these communities, they weren't living their best life because of the policies that California Democrats have been putting out there. But Democrats showed up and Democrats made them feel like they cared about their problems. But if you look at any milestone, you know, the things that our community cares about the most, we want to make sure we have a good job so we can provide for our families. We want to make sure that our kids are getting a good education so they have a better life than we do. And we want to make sure that our streets are safe. And California Democrats have been failing on every single one of those issues. So we started showing up. We started empowering our local leaders. We worked on engagement. I never use the word outreach because to me, that means that implies you have to reach out to someone. We already had conservatives in these communities, but we needed to empower them and give them the tools and resources that they needed to find out what's happening in Sacramento and how it's affecting your everyday life. You know, whether it's the ag overtime bill or the gas tax, because you have to commute to your job so you can buy a house here. Um, These are all things that affect their everyday lives. And Democrats were voting for it. And Republicans have alternative solutions. I'm so glad you brought out the fact that I think our party had neglected some some categories of voters because I, I absolutely agree with that. And I feel like sometimes, you know, it's always good to hold people accountable, but then offer a solution. And I think that you guys are really doing that. And if we could and if people could replicate that, I think in other states like in Texas and New Mexico, I think that that would really make a huge change in regards to national politics and especially presidential elections. So glad you brought that up. I do want to ask you your opinion on some of the candidates. I know that the California GOP has not weighed in yet, but for the candidates that are running and for those that might be listening that are from California, I want to get into that in a quick minute, but we do have to take a quick commercial break. So everyone sit tight. We'll be right back. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. So the candidates that are running, who is on the ballot that is a conservative and or a Republican? Well, we have quite a few. And, you know, when we first went into this race, there was a huge concern that if a legitimate Democrat got on the ballot, did we need to consolidate and unify behind one candidate? So let me first talk about the way the ballot works here for the recall, which is happening Tuesday, September 14th. We have the first question, and the first question is yes or no. Do you wish to recall slash remove Gavin Newsom from the office of governor? Yes or no. Um, Regardless of how you vote on question one, 
you get to answer on question two. So if you vote yes, you move to question two. If you vote no, you can move to question two. And question two is the list of candidates. We've got about 46 candidates in this race. Um, No serious or legitimate Democrat. The governor did a really good job of bullying and um, threatening anyone who got into this race on the Democrat side. Your your career in politics will be over if you in, in Democrat circles if you get into this race. So no legitimate Democrat got on the ballot. So once that happened, we were in a position where we didn't need to endorse a candidate because it's top vote getter. The top vote getter doesn't need to be fifty percent plus one. Whoever gets the most votes will be the next governor. So right now, Larry Elder is the front runner in all of it. Larry Elder, the sage from South Central. I grew up listening to him, driving to Cal State Northridge. um, Very well-known personality. Um, He's out there. He's consolidated. Certainly a ton of the Republicans and the people that are voting yes on question one. Then we've got a few other candidates that are a little bit further behind. We've got Kevin Faulkner who is the former mayor of San Diego. We've got Assemblyman Kevin Kiley, who's a current assembly member from the northern part of our state. We've got Caitlyn Jenner, who is a reality TV show uh, star and former Olympian. And you've got John Cox, who was our nominee in um, 2018. He's a businessman and developer. Um, So there's a lot of great choices. And in fact, we've had some really great debates that have been out there. And I find it an embarrassment of riches. Um, Any one of those candidates would be better than Gavin Newsom. (laughs) That's what everyone says. They're like anyone but Newsom. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm looking forward to is Wednesday when A, I start a a governor's re-election bid um, and B, working with whoever uh, is the next governor of California. Because there is still that in the last poll, I think we saw about 40% who were undecided on question two. And those are mostly people that are voting no on question one. So there is some room for these others to move, but certainly Larry Elder is leading the pack right now. So I'm I'm really glad to hear that, right? Like your boots on the ground for those that might not be in California and we're watching kind of at the the edge of our seat. We're like, what's going to happen in California? I'm glad that we can kind of share that information with everyone. Um, I did see recently though, it seems like things are getting very, very, at least for Larry, almost violent. So we saw over the last couple of days that he was attacked. And when you see really, I think the double standard that exists for minorities that are conservative and Republican or Republican, I mean, it's, it's completely wrong in any instance for anyone to put on a gorilla mask and assault someone. But why is it that you think that the media is so afraid of calling out the awful incident that happened to Larry this past week? Yeah. I don't even know if it's fear. I think that it's a bias and I don't think that they want to call it out because it doesn't fit their narrative. Um, You know, when Latinas are out there in front for the Republican Party, you know, why was why were all of those headlines when I was elected? Because it didn't fit their narrative. It didn't fit their narrative of Republicans in California are old, white, sometimes angry men. Right. (laughs) Right. I think it's their bias that holds them back from being, you know, holding accountable. We also saw, you know, earlier this uh, week, we had Rose McGowan talking about how um, Gavin Newsom's wife called her up and basically asked her, you know, how do we get rid of your accusations of Harvey Weinstein? Oh my gosh. 
you know, no one's covering that and talking about it. And um, these are the types of, you know, and it's multiple things. When he lied about the fires here in California, he had told us that he had done all of this prevention and prescribed burns. Our state's literally on fire. And it turns out he lied by the tune of 690%. He overstated what he did. It was a one day story. Nobody wow. follows up with him. He's put out a strike force to fix our unemployment department because there was a million people backlogged. It's been a year since that strike force was, and it's still a million people backlogged. They hold him accountable for nothing. So what is your message then when you see, you know, you had former president Barack Obama run an ad for Gavin Newsom. You have AOC going on her social, pretty sure she's going to be running an ad for Gavin Newsom. What is your message to those officials in Washington, D.C.? They're not even in California. They don't know what you guys are going through. They don't know what business owners are going through. What is your message to them? So I don't really talk to them because honestly, what they do for me is just noise. What we did here in California in 2020 and what we saw as successful was focus on the issues that affect Californians. And that's what Gavin Newsom doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to talk about his record. You know, he wants to talk about the boogeyman. He wants to talk about bringing people, you know, everyone from Elizabeth Warren to Bernie Sanders here to California to try and help save him. He had (laughs) Vice President Harris here last week. He has President Biden coming on Monday. These two individuals should be working getting. Californians and Americans that are stuck in Afghanistan, they should be working on saving them, not saving Gavin Newsom's job. So when we talk about things to Californians, it's why doesn't he want to talk about his record? Why does he want to nationalize everything? There is no one else that is responsible. California Democrats have had super majorities in both our legislative houses and the governor's seat for the last decade. There's no one else to blame. They are every single failure of California is at their feet. Well, I think that if I'm not saying it right here on this show, we might be hearing the next governor of California in the next 10 years here. So I think you're just you're you're knocking it out of the park. I'm I'm a fan of you already. (laughs) Well, I mean, where can people go to follow your social media? I assume you are on social media. How can they help give to the California GOP? Give us your information. Yeah. So website, CAGOP.org. You can volunteer, you can donate, you can help us get through this final stretch. We still need help with digital in these last few days and text messaging. That would be great help. You can follow my social media on Instagram and Facebook. I'm CAGOP chairwoman on Twitter. I'm at Milan Patterson. Well, thank you so much for joining us today here on Luna Talks. You're always welcome back on our show and we appreciate your time. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Before we go, I want to thank Jessica Patterson again for such a fantastic and timely interview. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. To hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, go to gingrich360.com slash Anna. You can also find me on Twitter, Parler, Facebook, Getter, and Instagram at RealAnnaPaulina. And a special thank you to our producer, Drew Steele writer Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.